Okay, welcome back. I'm excited you have chosen to join me today. My name is Jason Lopez, and I am the host of Getting Real with Jason Lopez. It is March. We are in the last month of the first quarter of 2020, and we are knee-deep in coronavirus and election cycles, and everything is just seemingly going amazingly well or horribly, horribly wrong. I don't know where you fall on that spectrum. Hopefully, it's amazingly well. And uh, if you are uh, washing hands and uh, taking care of yourself, hopefully that uh, uh, virus won't impact you or your life. And if uh, you want to see evidence of the mass media hysteria, <clears throat> uh, go to Costco and see empty shelves and long lines and you will know what I am talking about. Anyway, I digress. So I wanted to talk, um, as we normally do here on Getting Real, about the real estate market. And in particular, I want to talk about uh, the local San Diego market where I am uh, located. Um, and as I go through this little market report, which I normally do in video form, uh, but it's kind of a... Uh, uh, I'm kind of time locked when I do the video. It's a five minute video because I use a screen capture kind of a deal. And so I have limited time. And I wanted to dive into this a little bit because there's some very interesting things happening and I'm going to need more than five minutes to talk about. So I thought I would just put it up on the podcast. And I will say this, if you live outside of San Diego uh, in another part of Southern California or even anywhere in California, I can pull this data for you and give you your own uh, personal market report if you want. But I want to stick to a few key metrics that I like to track. And I do this on a monthly basis. I mean, I do it constantly. I'm a big believer in knowing the local market, uh, becoming the local economist of choice, right? There is so much information out there. And a lot of what we get in the news media um, is, is not necessarily reflective of where we are uh, in terms of our location. Uh, oftentimes, what we might read or see or hear about is a national perspective. Um, and there really is no, quote, national real estate market, end quote. <clears throat> uh, real estate is a very hyper-local endeavor. And I, um, I, I use where I live as an example quite often. I live in a little uh, bedroom community <clears throat> of San Diego called La Mesa. Uh, it is a city uh, just to the east of, of, La Mesa, uh, to, of San Diego, about 55,000 people. We have two zip codes in La Mesa, um, separated north and south by the Interstate 8 freeway. And it's very different. Even though it's all La Mesa, North La Mesa, 91942 zip code, very different in terms of what's happening in the real estate market than the southern part, 91941. Um, you've got different types of housing. On the north side, it's uh, very uh, kind of standard post-war suburban um, uh, neighborhoods, you know, kind of those, uh, you know, lots and blocks, if you will. Um, houses tucked into each other, a lot of construction between the 1950s and 1960s, um, <clears throat> very conforming on the south side of La Mesa. 
um, more custom type homes, larger lots, different styles of construction, larger uh, lot sizes, things like that. So um, even though it's the same city, two very different markets when it comes to real estate. And so that's what I want you to really understand is that um, it's not just local, it's very hyper local in some cases. So here's what I want to do today, just to kind of illustrate where we are with things. And I am going to talk a little bit about interest rates and uh, what's going on with that, uh, because it's created a very interesting uh, dynamic uh, between buyers and sellers. Um, <clears throat> we are in a very, very strong seller's market, okay? Um, as evidenced by <clears throat> the lack of inventory, okay? So I'm going to give you a couple of numbers to think about when it comes to active listings. And by the way, all of the information I'm going to share with you guys today is sourced from a platform called InfoSparks, which tracks local real estate information. Uh, primarily, the data is sourced and pulled from the multiple listing service. Um, in this case, the California Regional Multiple Listing Service. In a uh, quote unquote normal market, meaning a balanced market where it doesn't necessarily favor buyers or sellers, it's good for everybody. Um, we would see uh, maybe you know four to six months of of inventory, um, probably closer to six months. Meaning, if nothing new came on the market, it would take four, five, six months to sell off the existing inventory. Okay, right now. In San Diego County, for detached homes, okay, these are just single-family detached homes. That's the only filter I'm using. It's all price ranges, all uh, all year builts, um, all sizes, everything. The only filter I have in here is these are detached single-family homes, houses in San Diego County. In February, at the end of February, we had one. 0.4 months of inventory. That is the lowest we've seen our inventory in at least five years. I'm looking at a five-year snapshot right now. And again, 1.4 months. Uh, the last dip, last month, by the way, in, in January, it was one and a half months. Uh, December was one and a half months. November was two months. So we've dropped um, just going back a few months. The last low point was way back in 2017, December of 2017, where we were at 1.6 months of inventory. So again, we finished uh, February 1.4 months of inventory, the lowest it's been in five years. And I'm going to actually open that up. It's actually the lowest it's been in, in, in 10 years. I'm looking at a 10-year snapshot right now. So <clears throat> inventory... Is, is really the main driving factor in pricing right now, okay? It's, it's, a, it's a question of supply and demand. Very low um, supply and very high demand create you know, the circumstance where we're seeing prices going up. And I'm gonna give you some of those numbers in, in just a few minutes uh, in terms of price points. Um, now, the perfect circumstance and why it's so frustrating for buyers, okay, is because interest rates are so freaking low right now, okay? So here's the thing with interest rates. Two things you should really be thinking about. Number one, 
if you are a homeowner and your interest rate is currently higher than three and a half percent, you should really seriously consider refinancing your loan. Um, we are seeing uh, loans right now under 3%. I had two lenders last week uh, verify and tell me that they had locked in 30-year fixed 2.85%. Conventional financing, 20% down, A credit, okay? If you got B credit or you're not putting 20% down or whatever, um, or you don't have 20% equity, it might be closer to 3.2, 3.5 maybe. But we are seeing loans being done locked in under 3%. So call your lender or call me, shoot me an email, shoot me a text, whatever you want to do. I will connect you with the best lenders I've worked with. And by the way, I don't get anything for referring you to a lender other than peace of mind in knowing that you're going to get the best rates and terms and products and the highest level of service in the industry. That is the one thing I love to, to commend myself on over 27 years of being in this business. I only work with top-notch people. So if you need a referral or you want to shop and compare, reach out. I'm happy to connect you with the true pro who will shoot you straight and, uh, and help you out and understand what's going on with interest rates. But low supply, again, the lowest it's been in at least 10 years in San Diego County for single-family homes, uh, 1.4 months supply, again, meaning if nothing new comes on the market, it would take only 1.4 months to sell off the existing inventory. So, um, so that's why we're seeing prices continuing to go up. Let's talk about prices. And again, I'm looking at a three-year snapshot uh, prices are the highest they've been for median price in San Diego County for a single-family detached home, $675,000 median price. On the five-year snapshot, I think that is also the highest. We were at six seventy dollars in June of last year. So currently, we're at six seventy-five, dollars the highest it's been in five years for median price point. Now, median's a little different than average, Okay. The median price point represents an equal number of homes above and below that 675. That's actually up 8%, okay, over, over last year at the same time, okay? 8%. Oh, by the way, going back to the months of inventory, that 1.4 months, that is down 44% over last year in, in, uh, in February, 44%. So keep that in mind. But again, median sales price, Six point uh, six hundred seventy five thousand on uh, on the on the uh, on the median price point. Okay, so those are a couple of metrics I, I like to kind of pay attention to. I don't get too caught up in them, other than to correlate, especially the uh, months of inventory to the median price to what prices are doing. And, and again, it just proves out that um, low supply, high demand because of the low interest rates are driving prices up. So it's a great, fantastic time to be a seller. Not so great time to be a buyer, okay? If you're a buyer who's struggling, who's written offers, who's lost out because of multiple offers or the price gets bid up over your comfort zone, hey, you're not alone. So you have some options to consider, right? Number one, maybe you need to take a step back and see what happens uh, as we come into the spring selling season uh, typically, we do see a little bit more inventory coming onto the market, but 
We didn't see that necessarily last year. I'm going to talk about the active listing numbers in a minute, the new listings coming onto the market each month. Um, we did see more listings come on the market last spring, but it wasn't what we normally see uh, in terms of the numbers, okay? So keep that in mind. But that is option one. Take a step back, wait and see if there's more choice that becomes available, which we typically see at the in, at this time of year. The inventory will, will kind of start to build up. But because of the low interest rates, there's no guarantee that they're going to stay where they are, okay? So... You know, it might be worth continuing to work because the interest rates are lower. Maybe your purchasing power is a little better. Maybe you could move up in price point and uh, and and have less competition uh, that you're going up against and create a circumstance where you can get into a property. Okay. Now, if you're a seller and you're under contract and you're moving up, uh, you're really maybe in a better spot there, uh, especially if you're moving up into a higher price point. Again, there might be fewer buyers in that price point, and that might give you an opportunity to get into something. But regardless of your circumstances, guys, as buyers, you need to come in strong with your offer, okay? That might mean paying a little bit more. That might mean shortening your contingency timeframes. That might mean putting more down payment or a larger uh, deposit or uh, maybe... Um, offering to buy it as is and not asking for any repairs or waiving your uh, appraisal contingency if you're a solid buyer or maybe even offering something like a per diem. Like, look, we're committed to these timeframes. We're committed to this closing date and we're so committed and we want the property so badly that if we go beyond that agreed upon closing date, we'll pay you $100 a day or $200 a day. Incentivize the contract. But even more important than that, is make sure that your agent is a pro, okay? Who you choose to represent you matters, especially in a market like this. You don't need a go-getter who's just being ultra-aggressive. What you need is somebody who's experienced at negotiating for you, who has relationships in the marketplace with other agents, specifically listing agents. If I go into a situation where I know the listing agent, we have a relationship, we've done deals, we're friends, there's a really good chance they're going to pick my client's offer just because of that relationship. Now, ultimately, it's up to the seller, but it's it, the agent can help if they have a relationship with you by saying, listen, I don't know this agent. This agent hasn't done many deals. There's some concerns with how they wrote this offer Jason knows what he's doing. I've done deals with him. He's well-respected in the community. He's well-regarded in the industry. And I think we'd have a better shot going with him, even though maybe the price is a little bit less. He's willing to uh, meet other terms that are just as important to you, right? So just because the price might be a little less doesn't mean it's not a strong offer. Your agent on the buying side should also have a conversation with the listing agent. Understand what's most important to the seller and then write the offer accordingly. So it really does matter who you choose to represent you in the purchase of your home, especially in this market. Now, I'm not saying that your agent doesn't know or that you shouldn't work with a certain person or whatever. I'm just saying that you need to understand that it takes a special kind of agent in this market to get buyers into properties and get them closed, okay? 
it's hard to get the offers accepted, but then navigating the escrow process and the closing contingency period, that's where great agents really, really um, make a difference. So just, just keep that in mind um, and, and, and make sure you've got somebody representing you. Okay. So let's look at these, these real key metrics. And these are the four most important ones that I track every month consistently. Number one is active listings. How many active listings are currently available in the marketplace? And why I like to track the actives, guys, is because the actives are going to help us understand why properties are selling. Either one listing is going to sell the other listings or those other listings are going to sell that listing. And what I mean by that is based on the price, the condition, and the location, uh, you got to use the actives as a gauge to determine a good offer price or a list price, right? It's not just about the sold comparables anymore. We have to look at the competition. So the actives, keeping track of the actives, is, is, a, is a windshield view. It's a forward-looking metric. I can gauge based on how many actives there are, how many might be going under contract, how many ultimately are going to close in the next 30, 60, 90 days. So let's talk about the numbers on the actives. And again, in a three-year window, um, we're at the low point for active listings, okay? Over the last three years, um, the peak has been 5,646 active properties, okay? In the last three years, that was the most. That was way back in October of 2018, okay? We peaked out over the last three years, 5,646 total homes for sale in San Diego County. We ended February at 2,606, 2,606. We've lost 3,000 homes in less than two years, okay, in about 18 months. So, uh, and that's over the last three years. Over the last five years, uh, it's pretty much the same. Our last peak five years was actually in July of 2015. We had just over 6,200 homes, okay? Okay. So again, we ended February last month at 2606 total single family homes for sale in all of San Diego County. Can you see why prices are going up? Can you see why buyers are frustrated? Okay, I think you can, you can clearly understand that. Okay, the next one is new listings. How many new listings come on the market in a given month? And what I'm looking at guys on my screen is uh, the way they present this is in a graph format, okay? And this graph, it looks like a heart monitor, okay? You know how a heart monitor is like beep, 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 right? And it's kind of up and down, up and down. That's what this graph looks like, okay? So here's the good news. Over the last five years, we've seen a very consistent pattern of inventory, new listings coming on the market, building up on the front half of the year, usually peaking out around June uh, and then sliding down on the back end of the year, okay? So if we look over the last five years, our peak for new listings was actually June of 2016, 3,485 homes came on the market. Last year, it was May of, uh, of May of last year was our last peak, which was 3,300, almost 3,400, 3,398. And then it slid down since May, okay? Um, we ended 
in December at 1213, 1,213. Uh, January, we were at 2336 new listings. So think about that. In, and in February, we had 2,193. So almost 2,200 new listings came on the market in February. How many active listings total were there in February? 2,600 new uh, total active listings, 2,600. New listings were 2,193, almost 2,200. So pretty much every single new listing that came on the market in February Account. I mean, I mean, it was. It almost was our total active inventory. Okay, it was like, like just a couple hundred difference. All right, twenty two hundred new listings came on the market in February, and there were twenty six hundred. So four hundred difference. So the new listings almost made up our entire active database. Okay, market time is shrinking, meaning homes are staying on the market for a shorter amount of time. February is about thirty eight days on average. Okay, now. The next one I want to look at, that's super interesting to me. I didn't catch that when I was looking at these numbers yesterday. Again, that the new listings almost made up the entire active market. Crazy, just crazy. All right, the next one, guys, that we want to look at is pendings, okay? How many homes went under contract, okay? How many homes went under contract? The graph I'm looking at here, also very heart monitor-like, and you can clearly see the pattern here. Homes going under contract build up. January, February, March, April, May, they usually peak out May or June. And really over the last five years, that peak has been May. And then they slide back down on the on, on the backside of the year. So in February, we had 1,998 homes go under contract. January was 1626. So we picked up about 300. Uh, we ended the year December at 1,200. So it's built up. The pattern so far in 2020 is pretty much what it's been over the last five years. Drop on the back end of the year, build up. So we've gone from 1,268 in December, 1,626 going under contract in January, 1,998 going under contract in February. Here's why I really like to pay attention to the pendings, the homes going under contract. Again, it's because it's a forward-looking perspective. We can forecast, based on how, how many homes go under contract, what our closings are going to look like in the next 30, 45, 60 days, okay? And I like to use an 80-20 rule on that. About 20% of the homes that go under contract won't close. Either they'll fall out or they're going to roll over into, into another month. But we can we can we can kind of look at what goes under contract and use that to gauge what our sales activity is going to look like. And of course, the sales activity leads to you know money, right? We can we can kind of look at what our our commissions might be. Uh, by the way, the pendings are up seventeen point five percent over last February. Okay, the new listing inventory uh, was down six point eight percent, and the active inventory was down. <laughs> 41.7% over February of last year, okay? So pendings, the good news is that's up 17.5%. That bodes well for our solds. And when we look at our solds, um, very similar heart rate monitor. You see the pattern building up on the front end of the year and then peaking out around May or June and then kind of sliding down on the back end with some hiccups. 
meaning we'll see a general slide on the back half of the year, but it might be down one month, then a slight uptick, then down for a couple of months, and then another slight uptick. So for example, last year, we saw the, the peak in May, uh, the drop in June, and then an uptick in July, slid down through September, a little uptick in November, and then it dropped through the end of the year. So uh, in January, we saw 1,363 closings, February 1,355. So pretty flat from January to February on the closings. I would anticipate that March will see an uptick. Uh, the closings were down uh, just under a half a percent, okay? So that kind of puts us in um, uh, into um, where, where we are in terms of the current the current market in San Diego. Now, again, if you want to know what's going on in your market, let me know. I can run the numbers. Um, I have the ability to uh, break this down based on cities, neighborhoods, zip codes, property types. So if you want to know what townhouses and condos are doing, if you'd like me to filter based on uh, year built, um, if you'd like me to filter based on square footage, if you'd like me to filter based on how many bedrooms and bathrooms, how many stories, there's lots of different filters we can put in here. So for example, let's add a couple of filters just to see what happens. And again, we'll stay in San Diego County, but let's do um, houses between 1,001 and 3,000 square feet with at least three bedrooms. And um, what we'll see what changes kind of pop in in here. And what we see is uh, we actually saw an increase in uh, the sold listings. Uh, we went in January from 477 to 514 in February, a nice little uptick. Um, our pendings went up from uh, 568 to 737. Our new listings went down a little bit, 784 dropped to 715. And the active inventory uh, was down uh, 748 in January to 600 in February. So those are single family detached homes that are 1,001 to 3,000 square feet with at least three bedrooms. So um, we, can, we can filter based on uh, what you want to see for your market. Um, our median price for those with those filters was a little bit lower than the 675. The median price was just under 615,000. So again, if you'd like to know what's going on locally in your market, you can always reach out to me, uh, shoot me a message here through the podcast, hit me up on social media. Um, if you'd like to know, um, you know, kind of a ballpark value of your existing home, or if you're a buyer and you want to know what homes are selling for in neighborhoods you're interested in, I can help you with that too. And I have agents, about 120 agents all over California, uh, from San Diego to LA to the Bay Area to all points in between. Uh, if you're out in the desert, Palm Desert, if you're in Fresno or Sacramento or the Inland Empire, I got you covered, man. So reach out, okay? So hey, listen, I appreciate you tuning in. Feel free to share this. Uh, comment if you'd like, if there are topics you'd like me to cover. Um, I'm happy to do that, but I did want to just share the local San Diego market with you guys today, and I will catch up with you guys next time. Have a great rest of the week. Take care.